Week 17 of the NFL season has come and gone, and holy shit, we have got two divisions on the line going into Week 18. The number one seed in both conferences has been clinched, and number one overall pick has been clinched by my Chicago Bears. We're going to talk about all that and more coming up on the house call. Welcome back to the House Call Gridiron segment. My name is Kyle. I am joined by Ricardo, Rob, and Justin. We are going to be talking about all of the exciting storylines coming out of week 17 of the NFL season. Hey, season finale is upon us. You know what that means. I've got to shout out our amazing sponsor at Vivid Seats because if you're anything like me, hey, I'm not going to be seeing much playoff football, and that is okay. But I can still go see one last Chicago Bears game if I so choose to fly out to Green Bay. And I can use the link in our description to save myself some money by using vivid seats the best ticket buying platform on the market we are talking about guaranteed seats we are talking about the most insane prices so get yourself to a sporting event before football season becomes just plain old winter and it sucks and we're all sad again now week 17 has come and gone as i've said and my gosh we have got ourselves a number one seed clinched in the AFC. And Rob, I believe you might have something you want to say <laughs> to the uh, the recipient of the beatdown that was the Ravens clinching the number one seed. Just making sure I um, clear my throat on this one. The Miami Dolphins, the one in four against teams with a winning record. Two is supposed to be a top five quarterback, right? Some people would say, not me. Um, people have said he's a tribal chief. I say he's more like Jimmy Uso than Roman Reigns. Ooh. But this person, but Ooh. but it's funny. It's funny that conveniently someone isn't here right now. The same person that said to Kyle said to Ricardo that it was because he was not scheduled. Maury, bring in the lie detector. The lie detector to test determined that was a lie. Exhibit 122323 <laughs> at 1040 p.m. Every day but January 2nd. How convenient after the Ravens after the Ravens game. But I digress. Tua and the Dolphins fan, of course, my favorite Dolphins fan, Sammy. You will not win anything significant in the Tua era. Sammy has said in shorts, you can't stop this on offense. You can only hope to contain it. Lie detector deterred, and that was a lie too. Why? Because in the five games, let me remind you, the one in four stretch, because that's their wins, one to four losses, they have averaged 18.4 points per game. And Tua has averaged 244 yards, 1.2 touchdowns, and an INT in those games. I'm not pounding the desk saying this man's an MVP. This man's a top five quarterback in the week, every week, <coughs> Sammy. Here's my final statement on these frauds. Let's celebrate, Finns fans. It's the year of Kobe, 2024. And what's more fitting than 24 straight years of you not winning a freaking playoff game? Woo! Come Sunday, 8.20 p.m., January 7th, you will lose the division title eagerly after you have eagerly and prematurely crowned yourselves. You are versing your kryptonite in Josh Allen, who you, who I should remind you, in 11 games against you has averaged 273 yards, 2.8 touchdowns, and owns to it an astounding 5-1 to win-loss ratio. After that, you can go on to verse Casey in the first round and lose. In other words, in Willy Wonka, to quote Willy Wonka, Sammy, you lose, you get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I can't see it going, honestly, any other way for the Dolphins because, man, they just crumble against any high-level competition. And that was that was the big question going into this Ravens game. Are they going to be able to stand up to an actual playoff presence in the AFC? And the answer is definitively no, they cannot. They are proving to be a great middle-class team. They're a great middle-class team. They're not a great team. They beat up on worse teams. And that's that. They don't they don't play to the level that they talk to. I'll just put it that way. I mean, Lamar Jackson, 18 of 21, five touchdowns on the day, like absolute no question MVP, absolutely dissected a Miami defense that I'll be honest, Vic Fangio had me a little bit surprised with at times. But then again, level of competition. That is what we need to look at here. Ricardo, I'm throwing it to you next. Give me your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins just absolutely pissing away any level of respect we had for them. Oh, man, it's hard to follow up Rob after that one. <laughs> That's why you're doing it, not me. <laughs> Dang, I got the job to follow that up. Woo. My gosh. Oh, man. Well, I'm wearing green today, but by no means am I uh, a Dolphins representative here. If you can see, I am a Raider fan. But, uh, man, I just want to talk about Lamar Jackson, if anything. I mean, what he is doing. Um, and, and, and keep in mind, what he's doing without Mark Andrews since November 25th. Without J.K. Dobbins since week one. Without uh, uh, Keaton Mitchell, who was averaging eight yards a carry, who just went out a couple weeks ago. I mean, the only other pro bowler he has on his offense right now is a guard. It's not a position, like a skill position player. But what he's doing, it's just remarkable. I mean, like you said, I mean, he is the MVP. Um, he, There's no single player on any team in the league right now who's more valuable to their team than Lamar Jackson. I mean, 13-3. and three. And if you look back at those three losses, they were winning in, in every single one of those games. I believe they carried a lead into the fourth quarter in those three losses, right? But those those they seem like so long ago, those losses. You know, they've grown as a team. John Harbaugh has that team rocking. They got, they got them excited. They got them focused. Um, gosh, yeah, it's exciting times in Baltimore. For sure. So I just want to give praise where credit is due. And that is to one Lamar Jackson securing his second MVP. No, I like shout out to him. It's God, it's impressive what he's doing. And like you said, without the key pieces that I'll be honest, when J.K. Dobbins went down week one, I was like, oh, I don't I don't know how the Ravens look anymore. I don't like that for them. You know, this is the same old story. Ravens can't stay healthy. It didn't matter. Like Lamar Jackson just elevated this entire offense to the highest level like especially with mark andrews going out because that is clear number one weapon for him yeah. like no doubt i understand that odell is there he is he's brought to the ravens in a similar way he was brought to the rams he's a playoff piece and i'm very glad that they have him because he is honestly primed to make a really nice playoff run here i love odell in the playoffs it's going to be just Fabulous. He should have been Super Bowl MVP if he had stayed healthy throughout the whole game. Justin, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts of our new AFC number one seed. Hey, the playoffs go through Baltimore. All right. I'm going to say the good, and then I'm going to say something that y'all may not like. So for the good, for the good, 
we need to start talking about John Harbaugh and we got to start talking about Lamar Jackson the same way we talk about or the media talks about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Because let's yes. be honest, name a more accomplished quarterback coach tandem right now in the NFL. Harbaugh. Was he 17 and 1 against the NFC? 17 and 1? You can say whatever you want. That man as a coach has all the respect in the world. The same amount of respect, if not more, than what I have from Mike Tomlin for what he could still do with the Steelers. Now, playoff thing. Here's the one thing I will say. One good thing, which is the Ravens proved something throughout the last couple of games. They said, if you want to win a Lombardi trophy, you got to go through us. They showed it to the 49ers. They showed it to the Dolphins. My one question with Baltimore, can you do that in the playoffs? Because we see this a lot during the regular season. We see Lamar showing that MVP qualities that we know he has. But come postseason time, can you do it? And if they can, Harbaugh's about to get another Super Bowl ring, which would be a lot funnier knowing Joe Flacco's right behind him, too, with Cleveland. (laughs) No, absolutely. But I will push back on that a little bit because here's the thing that I I have seen and I've got some of the previous Raven seasons in front of me right now. They always, yes, they kind of scrape out the wins late still and they still have a good record, but they always seem to really, really slow down towards the end of the year. And I'm not seeing that. Like, let's look at 2022. They had in their last few games, 13 points, 17 points, three points, 16 points. That's like, that is so, so different from what we're seeing against high-level competition. The 49ers are an insane defense, and the Ravens hung 33 on them on Christmas. So this is like... This is a different Ravens team to me. Like, I understand where you're coming from with, we've seen this before, but this this just feels a little bit different. I think, I, I really do think they're primed. This is my one pushback toward that. And this is probably the reason why I say it's probably bad that they got the number one seed. Because yes, they are hot now, but they got about a two week break going into their first playoff game. That could derail a lot of momentum, knowing that you have that break in between. Yeah, that's there's always the 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 whole bye week. Do you do you lose? Do you get a little bit of rust? Are you gaining by getting more rest? I think that with the with the level of injuries that we have talked about with this Ravens team, I think it I, I think it might be a benefit. But there is the thought of probably you know not not being exposed to as much football is not always a positive. I'll, I'll put it that way. Basically, oh my gosh. And I, and, and I will say this, look, man, I, look, in the past years, it's always been something that's been derailing and it's been injuries. But when you look at who they've beaten and how they've beaten them, the Lions by 32, the Niners by 14, the Dolphins by 37. By the way, the Dolphins by 37, Sammy, if you're listening to this episode. Seahawks by 34 and Browns by 25. That is also the just, Dolphins by 37. Also the Dolphins by 37, just saying. Just to put salt in the wound. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I still got more notes. Texans by 16, Bengals by 14, and Jags by 16. That's that's crazy. We just had a picture of Sammy's face in the middle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I like these Ravens. I like these Ravens going in the playoffs. And on the other side of it, 
we have we have been referencing the Ravens kind of beating down on the Niners. The Niners secured the number one seed in the NFC, which, you know, you beat the Commanders. You were lucky that Philadelphia is just kind of imploding. Let's like, let's be honest here. I don't necessarily like the Niners nearly as much as I did, say, three, five weeks ago, three to five weeks ago. Um, Rob, I'm going to throw it to you first. Give me your thoughts on the top of the NFC. It's It just seems like there's such a huge gap between the top of the NFC and then the top of the AFC. Well, we've already seen games where Christian McCaffrey wasn't, act, wasn't active, and they've lost those games. Like, he, he he's provides – I mean, look, you, there was a point in time in this season where we said this guy was the MVP. I still say that he's the MVP. It's either him or Lamar Jackson at this point, in my opinion. Um, being that he's now ha- has an injury problem, injury bug, I mean, I could see them actually going out and getting Dalvin Cook, who was just cut by the Jets. I know a lot of people have said that he's kind of fallen off. I disagree. I watched some of his highlights with the Jets. I mean, the Jets, they got no fucking whole line. They've um, no whole line. But, but I, I mean, it, it's just, it's just, I, I'm kind, I, I'm kind of skeptical about the the 49ers. And it, one, it is the health, but it's also to deal with like. Can Purdy really take over a game? And I'm not talking about like this regular season shit. I'm talking about when like the uh, the talent is elevated and you gotta perform above what's expected. And we've seen and we've seen like what happens when he gets punched in the mouth. He, he kind of folds. He does. He top was it? Sammy referenced the other week. Top 15 defense. All you need is a top 15 defense. Um, here's his prove it time. Do it in the playoffs. There you have it. There you have it. I just, man, man, the top of the NFC, man, I because it's the Cowboys beating the Lions. Oh, we're going to get into that game because that was a whole situation. I don't, we can't wholly blame the refs. Jared Groff had a bad game. Let's let's talk about that later. But, Ricardo, give me your thoughts about the Niners clinching the first seed. What The playoff upside just, I don't like it very much. Yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles just handed them that one seed uh, on a silver platter, really. <laughs> How do you lose to the Cardinals? How do you lose to the Cardinals? Ah, ah. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing there, Rob. Uh, no, man. I mean, of course, anytime you clinch the one seed and and you guarantee yourself every playoff game in the comfort of your own home, you know, for a guy like Brock Purdy, he doesn't have to go into uh, Philadelphia, even though they they beat on him this year but you know we saw what happened last year um you don't have to go into uh anybody else's house you know you're of course your home field is comfortable you know and Kyle Shanahan is going to do whatever he can to make sure that Brock Purdy is comfortable at at any point in time in, in those games so um you know the verdict is still out there can he can he maintain that because there are statistics out there that do show that when you do play a higher level defense, you know, there is a dip in the production. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the verdict is still out there. Um, that being said, I do expect to see them in an NFC title game and right on the verge of the Super Bowl, if I'm being honest with you guys. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't really do, I don't really see anybody currently right now who can who can knock them off i mean correct me if i'm wrong i don't know I don't the know. nfc no i agree rob it looks like i don't know man those rams are very uh, i'm gonna be honest I with like you the I, they're, right now, Matt, yeah. they're fun 
a when you're ha- like when it's a one game thing. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I, I, I understand when you look. Yeah, and I understand what Kyle Shanahan's record is against uh, Sean McVay is nine and four. However, like like I said, it's a one game, and that's all it takes. And with now, not only you have Cooper Cup, you got Puka Nakua, and also you got Robinson. Like, kind and especially that, yeah, exactly. Who's having an exceptional year? I don't. I mean, like they have all the pieces to do it and motivation because I mean. Uh, Justin picked them to do a lot. None of us picked them to do this well. And um, let, let's give this guy his flowers. He's the one that told us that they were going to finish what you said they were going to finish above the Seahawks and above this team, above that. He was right. No other way to say it. Everyone. So I'll double down on it. I think that's a team to do it. I'm not really uh, a big fan of the Eagles because, I mean, you're, I mean they started off 10-1. and one. But in the last five games, they're one and four. It, it, they could put up 35 one game and then get 35 put on them by a four-win fucking team. You go from 72 sacks to 40 sacks, even though 40 sacks is really good. We expected more out of Jay, getting a guy like Jaden Jalen Carr and uh, Nolan Smith out of the draft, and it just doesn't – it hasn't really – I think losing Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon was really that much more of a problem. Yeah, well, it truly got it done. They're missing those coordinators bad. And like, it, like it, it's what we were talking about with the Ravens. Those previous seasons where they flamed out in the playoffs, you look at how they ended the season and you look at how Philly's ending the season. It is bad. Like, there is no way around it. You can't say, oh, well, they had some tough games. No, they didn't. They played the fucking Cardinals. How do you lose they, that game? It they want wire to wire in the first game of the season against the Patriots. That, that one is an indictment. That, and they had so many games that they let get close they play to the level of their opponent it feels like yeah it's just gross Justin, throwing it, it, do, it doesn't wait wait one second it doesn't look Internet. like they have an identity no they, they don't. don't like are they a pass team are they a run team are they a qb sneak team are they uh jalen hurst can bench 600 pounds so let's run 300 times under the center <laughs> team what are they yeah the eagles uh, they're the I'm christmas concerned. album team. i'm concerned about the eagles mentals and their psyche going in there because they're limping into the playoffs at this point you know when you when you can't hold leads you know and you let the the giants kind of hang around and then you let the cardinals put 25 on you in the second half and then you know you're going to play the giants again which you know division division game the giants kind of not an easy out anymore you know a little top uh, to rod taylor action dude you best believe you best (laughs) believe they're gonna you best believe they're going to go in and try to, you know, uh, not injure them, but, you know, hinder them going into the into the postseason. Oh, absolutely. Because the Giants want the Eagles going into the postseason thinking, why can't we win a damn game? Because that has to be what they're thinking right now. Thank that you. has to be what they're thinking. Justin, your Giants better win. That's all I got to say. Justin, I, you I, I, got, I got you right here. Rob, feel free to clip this part. Hey, Cowboys fans, you and I need to talk real quick. Um, y'all got to be Giants fans this week because guess what happens if the Giants win? Eagles aren't division champs because if they lose and the Cowboys win, they get knocked back to being a wild card team. So that's one thing. Now let's talk about this whole thing about the top of the seeds in each conference. If there's one thing that we know just by looking at the standings overall and looking at the playoff standings specifically, 
there's a big skill gap right now this season between the AFC and the NFC. And if you need proof of that, look at the records from one through seven, teams one through seven in each conference. Teams one through seven in the AFC all got winning records right now. One through seven in the NFC, absolutely not. So th- there is that skill gap. So betters, if y'all are looking to see like putting money on the Super Bowl, putting money on who you think is going to move on, you got a better chance at putting your money with an AFC team right now than an NFC team. The 49ers, yes, there's a lot of questions on Brock Purdy. Can you get it done during the lights? You had your chance last year, but you got hurt. This is your chance to prove yourself. Philly, I've been enjoying watching this implosion the last couple of weeks. I enjoyed watching the fact that my Giants almost beat them and almost gave me the Christmas gift that I thought I wanted. I wanted <laughs> my PS5, which I just got for Christmas, but I also wanted a Giants win more than anything. And I might end up getting that this coming week. Might. For the simple <laughs> fact that the NFC East is now riding on this week's game. But overall, if you have to look at it based on the conferences and their schedules, I'm putting my money on the AFC. Number one is going to be with Baltimore. And if Baltimore doesn't get it, Buffalo has been actually winning games. And if they don't do it and Stroud comes back, I'm putting my money on the Texans just because. Whoa. Texans. Let's go. Now, am I saying that's that they're going to win? I like no, that. but if my first two options don't go hey. through, that's going to be first, that money line. First rookie QB to win a win. Super Bowl? First All it takes is just to get in there. All it takes look, is just look, to get in there. There's a reason why they say defense wins championships, right? Yep. Get them into the playoffs with CJ Stroud healthy, and you never know what's going to happen. Oh, oh I like this. I like But let my Giants be spoiler first. The Texans have the opportunity to just win the damn division. I don't think I don't like the Jags against the Titans. And I think Texans Colts is going to be for control of the AFC South. But as you were saying, NFC East is up for grabs between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Oh, that that reminded me. I'm so sorry. One more point I got to say. Get it. It, it, Doesn't it shock y'all? Because we went into the NFC East thinking that this in the beginning of the season, that it was going to be an interesting division. Giants supposed to play a lot better. You see how the Cowboys are. You see how the Eagles are. You realize how the Cardinals beat two of those three teams? And the Giants just barely won against them? Shout out to my Bears for hanging 27 on them. Let's go. (laughs) Arizona deserved my respect this season. Arizona is just weird. Arizona, I look at them. They're just weird. They're not talented enough to do anything. They can win games, and they're weird. Yeah, little Marvin Harrison Jr. Just give Rob his wish. <laughs> Stay away so, from the quarterback. So yeah, I, I with with that team, like Murray's your quarterback. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have great Greg Dortch. There's no shot at him, but if he is your number one target with 88 yards, that's a problem. And Marquise Brown, yeah, he's good, but he also has his injury histories, and he's also five fucking nine. He has to be. Let's go. They, <laughs> so look, I think they're kind of out on the whole MH Day sweepstakes. But there's a guy that's coming out of LSU that's projected to be a better player than Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. I'm just saying. I, that's somebody that I would think that they should go after. It's all right because Malachi Corley is just going to fucking dunk on them all. That's what that, that's oh, he's what a, that, that sweepstakes depends on what the Bears are going to do. End of the day. Listen. 
it says what it says. We want Fields. Bears have clinched the first overall seed. It I'm telling you right now that critical. there's reports already coming out, but the commanders being infatuated with uh, Caleb Williams, they're trading up. It's a new regime. It's happening. There's nothing anybody can do to stop it. He's going to be a commander. And there's a hey. lot of league sources that are saying hey. it's going to be a bigger hole. Hey, Shane the is the master at policing deals, so I don't know. He'll figure if out. Ryan pulls, if Ryan Poles manages to get two insane. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Wait, let's go, go, go with this path on me for a second. Well, let's imagine the bears trade down with the commanders. They get there next year. First, let's say that Caleb Williams comes in. And as I have said, he becomes a bust and who has the first overall pick again, the bears. If Ryan Poles manages to get first overall three years in a row, I will scream. Build a fucking statue outside oh, your fucking stadium. He's Just done Ryan Poles is Hall of Famer well, now. He's, he's done an exceptional job. Like he's I think he's great. Like, I let's think be honest, Montez Sweat, great signing. Let's like Eber was a fucking great. idiot head coach. Just get him out of there. <laughs> that he's gonna stay. That like that's what's so nuts to me. I don't have a problem demoting him to DC. He's done a good job with the defense. He can't be a head coach. He's a doofus. He puts his foot in his mouth. He has no leadership qualities. It blows my mind that they. I mean, Rappaport is reporting that they are going to keep Everflus. We don't know. We like everyone's lying to everybody at this point in the season. Like that's the thing we got to remind ourselves. The Bears are going to be shopping Justin Fields, and they're going to be shopping the first overall pick because they need to drive up the value of it. And I need to take a deep fucking breath before all that happens because I know that being a good GM means that that is going to be what happens. And I think Ryan Poles is a good GM, as we've just been talking about. But I digress. We have got to talk about those Cowboys that are now in position to win the NFC East because of... Let's Okay. It's a little... T- is a little... Eh. It was a little bit ticky-tack, that call. It was. I'd, uh, I don't know about it. Rob, I know you have thoughts on this one. I'm going to throw it right to you, brother. Yeah, so if I'm going to play devil's advocate and just kind of like side with the refs for a second. When they both went up to identify who was, who was the um, an eligible receiver, they both went up together. So I can kind of see where the mix-up was. You have 68 Taylor Decker, and then you got 70 Dan Skipper. They're like right next to each other. So I can see the problem with that. I also see a problem with this. Don't they announce who the eligible receiver is? Throughout the whole stadium. Okay, so you heard them say that number 70 is the eligible receiver. How is that on the refs? I'm I'm just saying. that's. I mean, this is kind of how it went through my mind if I was going to play that side of it. So I, that's just how I saw it. I, I look, did they get screwed? I mean, you shouldn't have gone for a two point conversion again after you were given a gimme. Just, just what are you like? What are you doing? Go for overtime. Go for overtime. Like, yeah, I, that's all I really have to say about that. And I will add on to it because Jerry Goff didn't play well. Let's be honest. He had a bad game. He had two picks. Didn't really do much in terms of moving the ball down the field. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to get his 90 yards and a touchdown because he is a great receiver. Jared Goff had a bad game. The Lions were lucky to be in this game. And the fact that they didn't get another freak play run their way and they lost the game because of it, that does not mean we have to cry foul play at this point. Ricardo, I'm throwing it to you because I know you got some thoughts. Yeah, I want to talk about the the – coaching and late game management 
because, I mean, it got real interesting to me when Goff threw that late pick, about two minutes left in the game. Typically, that means, you know, the game's over, you know. So if you look at the the next three plays, I mean, the, the, the next sequence, there's a slant to CeeDee Lamb, which was completed. And then on second and 14, because there was a penalty, they throw a deep ball into the end zone. Just stopping the clock, like, like, what are you guys doing? Like, you essentially saved the Lions 40 seconds, and you saved their timeout by throwing just a low percentage, very low percentage deep ball, like, in the back of the end zone, really. And then you run another quick slant, you know, they call a timeout, field goal, it's 20 to 13. But then, Dan Quinn in, in Dallas, you go on defense, you're up a touchdown, and this is a defense that's supposed to be stout, yes or no? Absolutely. Right? You play soft coverage the entire time, and it took the Lions like three plays to get down the field. And if you guys remember, the week before, the, the Dolphins did the same thing. The Cowboys scored late, and then the Dolphins got down the field, and they, they kicked a, a chip shot field goal. So it's like, what like what are these coordinators? What are these play callers? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, this management is insane. And then here we go to Dan Campbell. Don't get me wrong. I love that first two-point conversion because that was set from the jump. Hey, if we if we score, we're going to, to go for two. Cool. Hey, that play happened. You got screwed or whatever it might be. But it didn't, it didn't happen. So you go for it again from the seven penalty. And then you get another chance and then you go for it again from the four. <laughs> like guys, like I'm a little bit of a gambler myself. Like I like to you know, gamble. Okay. But look, listen, if I'm playing blackjack or whatever it is and I go all in and I push, okay, I'll go again, push again. Then it's like, dude, I got to know like, Hey, when to like, you know what? Let me take, let me take a step back. <laughs> Let me take my bet back and just live to fight another day like Dan Campbell. After that, you don't got to go for it all, every single time, man. Play for overtime. You guys took a little bit of momentum back in that game. Play for overtime because that game could have got you the second seed at the very least, which guarantee, which guarantees you two home playoff games if you win your first one. Like, man, like I know football is an emotional game. I, I know we got egos and we got, a, you know, the male ego. You want to win the game and it's like, argh, you know. But, man, you got to know when to pull back. You got to know when to just fight another day, kick the field goal, and then line it up. Or kick the extra point, excuse me, and then line it up in overtime. And and let's see what happens. Situational football. Like, it, it is so baffling that people just assume good offense, good defense, good team. No, 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 no. Coaching and situational coaching is so, so fucking critical. And, and we I love saw... Dan Campbell. I would run through a wall for that guy. And I'm not oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? He's <laughs> right? one of the best motivators. And I, I do think he can be one of the, one of the best coaches in the league. He has that potential. But like you said, that was just, come on, man. There is such a thing as too aggressive. And especially Rob, with what you said, if you as a head coach hear that, Announced to the stadium that you the have to be aware of stuff like that, man. Call a timeout. You like if you're at the point where you're gonna probably need to, unless they didn't have any. Did they have any? 
But I don't think it matters. You can go up to the ref and be like, no, they, they called it wrong. They called it wrong. The refs are usually right right next to you. Yeah, standing or, right Just there. be like, no, 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 you guys got it wrong. I didn't get 60. It wasn't 68. It wasn't 70. It was 68. This is the problem. The clock was stopped during that play altogether. So Dan Campbell could have told them, hey, there's a mistake in who was eligible. Two, the refs could have also stopped and just made sure, like, yo, this is who's actually eligible. Three, everybody who's played football knows or who has watched the NFL knows there is a sign for that. This means I'm eligible. Yeah, walking up to the guy and just being like, not like, especially when you're like toe to toe with your your buddy over here. Why was seventy <laughs> holding his hand going up to him? What was like, that? You can do this it, buddy. I'll it. come with you. You can talk to him. It, and it just seems like it was like, oh, I can't do it by myself. No, what, <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh my god! Yeah, Josh, oh, yeah. Tell me now. Go. Wait, I, I would like to address a couple of other things that was spoken about here. So, one, Dan Campbell being too aggressive. That is why a lot of players will run through a wall for that man. He is very much, I will live by the sword and I will die by the sword. I will rather go for the win than go for the tie. Which, if you really think about it, there's a lot of coaches that go way too conservative with it. I know I had to deal with a coach named Joe Judge for two years. Who is very much too conservative and you want a coach that will do that. If I'm going to lose the game, I'm going to lose trying to win the damn thing. Three times, though? I will. I, I don't care. Three times? To me, it's like, if you're going for the win, go for the win. But also for the coordinators. So Because I know that was one of the things we mentioned here. Why did Dan Quinn play soft when it came to his defense with the Cowboys? There's a reason. Nobody wants to do what Greg Williams did back when he was defensive coordinator for the Jets, because there was one game where he got too aggressive, ran a blitz against the team, and the, the team were over that defensive set. What's the Raiders? It was the Raiders, the Henry Raiders. Who were over their head and got a game-winning score. Defensive coordinators don't want to do that. I mean, you I don't got to do a zero blitz either. Yeah, you don't have to do a zero blitz. <laughs> That that's the two guys of safety coming down. You're either gonna do a pre-event or they're gonna go all out with a zero blitz. Unfortunately, drop an outside linebacker and bring the safety crashing down from the other side. You don't have to leave it just (laughs) wide ass. Oh, but that's the problem with defensive coordinators. When they get to like that last possession where they have to just just keep them from scoring, period. No field goals, no touchdowns. They're gonna they're gonna end up doing one of the two. They, they did it two weeks in a row, though, like I said, you know, with the Dolphins and then the Lions. I don't trust the Cowboys, man. I don't trust them. I don't trust the Cowboys. I do tr- like, I, I wish, I wish Dan Quinn would leave them and get it. I feel like he does deserve another chance at being a head coach somewhere else. But it's mainly because I just want to see that defense of the Cowboys flounder without him. Because you can talk about Micah Parsons all you want. You could talk about Trayvon Diggs all you want. It's Dan Quinn that makes that defense what it is this season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, McCarthy's and his clock management is. It, it, we've seen it too many times. He's also, 
Also, I, lining a fucking running back at center, like what? What was that? <laughs> like, f- how stupid do you have to be? Fuck- I'm telling you right now. Well, there's no I, way honestly, Kellen Moore made that call. I will tell you right now. You probably need Zeke right now because your court, your running back, getting 49 yards. I get it. Dak was going off, but Tony Pollard does not look like your running back one. No. Barely looks like a two. He showed unequivocally he cannot handle being a three down back. And what is going to happen in the playoffs if you can't control the clock? If you get a team that has a team that has some cornerbacks that can shut you down, all you have to do is really. I mean, Brandon Cooks is doing his thing this year. CD Lamb, look, man, I I was wrong about him. He is a top three receiver. Nobody can tell me anything differently. He's insane. Sucks. But you shut down CD Lamb, which is, I mean, I think he's still going to get his touches. That's it. Like it, they don't have a run game. That's well. That's the thing. That and I will give a little bit of credit to their offense for being able to manufacture touches for CD Lamb in lieu of a run game because they are able to get basically use CD Lamb as a running back in, in a lot of the short passing game and his yards after the catch is fucking insane. So they can get away with it for now. But if you're going up against like Traverius Ward and Hufanga, good luck. Like, I don't like that. I don't like your odds of no running game against that secondary. Good fucking Well, luck. Hufanga has been out. He's been out. So. Oh, he has. Oh, my God. No, he yeah. has been. Shit. I don't think. And he's, he's he's not coming back for playoffs either. No. I don't think so. Damn. Well, still got bored. And I still don't like that. I still just don't like that. The Cowboys. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is going to absolutely just fuck that whole thing up in the playoffs. Like he always does. Like, he's going to manage that. Speaking of playoffs, we have got AFC South on the line. It's it's a shit show. We had no clue that the AFC South was going to be, like, the AFC South is the most competitive division in the AFC right now. Do with that what you will. Like, that's, the, they are all tied if with the same record, the Jaguars, Colts, and Texans, and holy shit. There's a slight chance that the Jaguars could lose to the Titans at home, which I think they could. And we have Texans versus Colts for the division. Rob, I'm throwing it to you first. What do you think? First of all, what do you think of this mess that is the AFC South? I, I don't know how we could have seen this coming, to be honest. How many times have I said Trevor Lawrence is not what everybody makes him out to be? And I get it. He's injured now. But, I mean, look, he was not injured the whole season. And you just let it go week by week by week, letting everybody just stay in the race, stay in the race. Look, man, I'm putting the fucking house on on CJ Stroud. That is one bad motherfucker. If it wasn't for his injury, you could have made a case this motherfucker was an MVP. He's that damn good. And it's crazy how good he is as a fucking rookie. Um, Trevor Lawrence... There just seems to be excuses made for this guy all the time. Doug Peterson, however, he's three and he's three and zero against the Titans. He's gonna be three and one Sunday. <laughs> Let's go! I love it. I'm, I I'm taking the Titans. So yeah, I think the Texans win win against the the Colts. Even though I love me some Minshew mania, but I like Stroud mania a little bit more. So I'm I, gonna I'm gonna pick the Texans to win that division. Man, I'm the biggest proponent of Minshew Mania, but I also kind of have the Texans in this because the Colts, they've been fun. I think that Shane Steichen, what a find for them. That is, I think that's going to be one of the best hires that 
went down this past year as far as coaching goes. He has just done a phenomenal job. In lieu of some really shitty injuries and contract holdouts and a lot of there was just so much going against the Colts. And look at this. They're playing for the division at home. Good for them. But I do have the Texans. Ricardo, I'm throwing it to you. What do you see happening with this AFC South? Yeah, I mean, the, the Colts, I mean, uh, it's a good a good story. You know, of course, Minshew coming in and doing what Minshew does. Uh, you know, it's all cute and dandy. But uh, I am telling you guys, I am rolling with, with Mr. Inland Empire, California, cj stroud okay um man i mean it's just unfortunate that they do have they they've had dealt with injuries and uh take dell is out you know obviously cj was out two weeks i mean they went one and one i mean that's that's not the worst thing in the world but with a win and end game cj stroud gardner Minshew. of course i'm leaving cj stroud i wonder if i did this right uh, what is it? DK Metcalf did it. He's like standing on business. Stand on business. Dude, I saw you do it. That standing on business, <laughs> dude. Yes, and it's real. Somebody just that ASL. guy. Standing on business. <laughs> there you go. Oh my gosh! No, CJ Stroud is unequivocally that dude. It is so fun watching him play football, and we all owe him an apology because. During the draft, we all called him an idiot and that he was going to be One a second. Let, let me, I 110% shit on this kid. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I said he was a moron. You can be a doofus and play the, play the fucking 18. Oh, God. That, that test, you could throw that test out in the garbage now. No, he is unequivocally that jack shit. 18%, that's probably 18 touchdowns. That's what he's going to throw in the freaking playoffs, you mean. <laughs> Let's go. Breaking footsteps Flacco over some record. 18 touchdowns in the playoffs. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Justin, I'm throwing it to you next, my man. Who do you see coming out of this AFC South? The Colts. What? <laughs> yeah. We believe in a little bit of something called trap games in week 18 of the NFL. And if there is the ultimate trap game, this week, it would be the Colts beating the Texans. Oh, I wow. see both teams making the playoffs. Hey, listen, y'all said the same thing to me about the Rams in this division. And I was proven right on that one. If there's one game in the C.J. Stroud era that will either make them the AFC South champs or make them just make the playoffs as a wild card team, it's going to be this week. And because everybody is riding high on the CJ Stroud train this week to go with the Colts, I'm going to take a page out of Warren Buffett's book and I'm going to be paranoid when everybody else is greedy and I'm taking the Colts in this. Nah, I would love CJ to see it. 350 yards, man. Fading. And you know what? Minshew Mania going crazy. That's Dash. Because if oh, that happens, listen, I watched the Colts play last what week. Kind of dilemma Indy will be at. <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen, I watched the Colts play last week versus the Raiders, and I mean, if we didn't have it, honestly, I was calling for Jimmy Garoppolo to come in because we didn't have a quarterback. You know, like a real quarterback beats that Colts team that I saw last week, at least. Right. So true. That that's kind of that. 
and and Justin, I respect it. The fading the public, you know, fading the group. I respect it, man. I respect the hell out of it. I'm just going based on what my eyes saw last week and what my eyes have seen from CJ all season. But you're right. It could damn very well be a trap game. It could. And, <laughs> and Minshew Mania is real, man. Be, it's <laughs> in. <laughs> it look, could very well be a trap game. Look, but I'm, I, not, I, I'm not saying I nothing against CJ Stroud, and I'm not saying nothing against that Texas team. All I'm saying is I believe in trap games, and I believe in everybody going for one team, and they end up not performing up to par. I how many times did we do that this season? How many, how many times did we do that this, this season with the predictions? I, like We all would just flop because we picked one team. It That's happened a couple times, times, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. <laughs> a lot of Thursdays. Thursdays so are this year, if, y'all. If that happens, unlike with the Rams thing, I want this whole thing clipped and I want a whole video out of it. I swear to God, better <laughs> not. It better not because I am looking forward to CJ Stroud's insane playoff run. I'm looking forward to a lot of the week 18 games. I'm looking forward to my Chicago bears playing spoiler to the green Bay Packers playoff hopes. I am looking forward, of course, to the Patriots securing a higher draft pick by losing to the jets. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. To you Patriots fans, what the fuck does it do us to win this game? Why do you want to win? Why? 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 I've had people tell me they want to get a tackle. What? Joe Burrow doesn't have tackles over there. He just got two receivers. <laughs> the fuck do That's I why Joe Burrow's not playing this season. Because we all know. He made he it to the Super Bowl, though. Is That's why he's not playing this season. Because he has no tackles. I don't give a shit. I want to get to the Super Bowl one more time. You greedy bastard. Fucking how many wins? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I feel like that is Y'all a got six wins in my lifetime. <laughs> that sounds Wait. like a you problem. You beat the Patriots twice. I don't want to hear it. Do you know how many do you know how many Super Bowl wins the Bears have in my lifetime? None. You know how many appearances they had in my lifetime? One. You know, you know how many winning. You know how many winning seasons I've seen the Raiders have in my Thank you, fandom? Tom Brady. You want to talk about three. winning seasons right now? You don't want to go down the winning seasons <laughs> rabbit hole with me. I promise you, the Bears have done way worse. We have had like three winning seasons total. Yeah, yeah, so have the Raiders. <laughs> Let's go. We all have terrible teams. That's the That's the takeaway of this episode, I think. We're just previewing teams that we have absolutely no vested interest in. But we are still going to analyze the shit out That's of it. That's how you know there's no bandwagons here at House Call. That's what we do. We have terrible teams, so we can give unbiased opinions about the good ones. Hey, how about that? Huh? <laughs> we support terrible teams because we want to we want to do a better job for you. This is all for yeah. you. And until the next time, this has been the Gridiron segment. It has been so great hanging out with y'all. That is Ricardo. That is Rob. That is Justin. My name is Kyle. Until the next time, peace this team's playoff potential considering how good they've looked with you know good quarterback play since Joe Flacco has got there which sounds weird to say considering it